And we're off. And we're off. Hello and welcome to this latest episode of Restless Spirits. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. Once again. Hmm? With a good drink in our hands. Lovely. So, who am I talking to? Oh, this is Taylor. And this is Ben. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the hang of this yet. We'll do it. <laughs> I feel like intros are never smooth. Like, I feel like no one has it down. Probably. Unless we want to, like, really script it, but... Eh. That, that sucks. I don't like that. No. No, thank you. I'd rather, like, just be natural with it. it works for me. How's your week going? Pretty well, actually. Good. Yeah, pretty well. Good. I can't really complain. How about yours? Stressful. Boo. But, like, it, it's okay. Because oh, now I'm here with a drink in but, my hand. What did you say? Have a drink. <laughs> no, it's been, it's been a stressful. I'm glad you're actually able to drink with me this week. Last week, you couldn't have any alcohol. Yes. Yes. I was under the weather last week, so I had to pretend with, with a mug of tea. But... You missed out on a really good drink. I know. I'm, I'm going to have to make it again sometime. Yeah, we'll have to try that again. Yes, I'd love that. Mm. But you had enough for Williamsburg. I did have enough for Williamsburg, which was like a meaty episode. Right. For only could... covering one place, it was pretty meaty. Right. We could certainly go back. I think we will at some point. Lovely. I think like so far every location we've done, I would do again. Excellent. Like, there are other haunted places to talk about so if you are from any of those locations tell us what you want to hear yeah let or, us know your story yeah if we've missed something obvious and blatant <laughs> with williamsburg we probably did because i I'm just sure. did one place right i'm sure <laughs> um even my sister i told her what we did oh. and she was like but what about this and what about this and what about this and i was like Lindsay. so a future episode guest <laughs> yeah. starring my sister. Yeah. And her husband wants to join an episode too, yeah. which is like, the more the merrier. Absolutely. So we're not doing Williamsburg again this week. No, we're not. Where are we going? We're going to go down south okay. a little ways, somewhere where it's nice and relaxing, a little bit beachy. Okay. We're in the Outer Banks. Lovely. Which is an area that is near and dear to my heart. I love the Outer Banks. Well, good. I'm glad we found some place that you want to spend some time in. Yeah. I mean, I I have spent many, many a summer in the Outer Banks with my family. Very good. So I feel like I have a pretty good, like, basis of knowledge for it. Okay. Do you know anything? Like, have you been? Do you I've know? never been. Okay. I've I grew up in Charlottesville, so about an hour west of Richmond. Okay. So whenever we wanted to go to the beach, it was always just Virginia Beach. Oh, oh, it was just Virginia Beach. Right. So we didn't do anything beyond that. I feel like Virginia Beach has a really different vibe than the Outer Banks. I could see it. So to give you guys some context of like where the Outer Banks is, if you haven't been, it's not actually a city this week. It's an area. The Outer Banks are actually like a string of barrier islands just off the coast of North Carolina. And they run, they run for about 200 miles <laughs> and they create sort of, I mean, they are barrier islands. So what they do is they create like a little bit of, it's a tiny, tiny, thin strip of land um, with little breaks in between that separates the Atlantic Ocean from a couple of different sounds. Gotcha. So the, it's the Currituck Sound, the Albemarle Sound, and the Pam, excuse me, the Pamlico Sound. And, yeah, it's basically just a bunch of islands, a bunch of beaches. I will say my family went every single summer when I was a kid. We would rent, like, a big house, typically in Kerala or Duck, which is, like, there are a couple of different beaches. The really popular ones are Nags Head, Duck, and Kerala. They're kind of, like, the famous ones. There's also like Kill Devil Hills, which is a, yes. a big region. I've heard and of that one. in Kill Devil Hills, you have Kitty Hawk, yes. which is like a, a separate little city. Um, there's also Hatteras. So I suppose I have been to the Outer Banks then if I've been to Kitty Hawk. Oh, you've been to Kitty Hawk? Yes. So you've, you've been to the Outer Banks? Very good. Practically a local. <laughs> Basically. I feel like I know the area. Like, I went once with a friend, and it was her first. She almost, did you almost spill? <laughs> there was there was a bump. Oh, okay, okay. We're good, though. It'd be a shame to spill any of this drink. It would be. A friend of mine, I went with a friend of mine, so I didn't go with my family for like the first summer ever. Mm-hmm. 
And my friend was like just driving and because like both of us got our licenses late in life and Ooh. she got I don't know how it's two roads like that's it the one the, the two roads that's it in the Outer Banks but she got lost and I was able to like guide us back to our house that I had never stayed in before just from like muscle memory really yeah like I just knew where I was you, again, I, I'm not the local you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it there. There's a bunch of lighthouses. Yes, I've heard about these. There are six. I only put like four on this list, so the other two can go fuck themselves, I guess. Go, yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> I put Currituck, Hatteras, Bodie, and Ocracoke. So those are kind of the the ones I know best. So locals... Near the other two lighthouses are going to blow us up. Yeah, saying, they're going to be like... How could you forget? Yeah, I can't even... I don't even know what they are right uh, now. Me neither. We're going to find out. We're going to tell us. Really salty. I think also people know about the Otter Banks for the Wright Brothers. Yes. Because that's where they like flew for the first time. Mm-hmm. They did it in Kill Double Hills in the town of Kitty Hawk. There's a big like first in flight like museum. Is that why you went to Kitty Hawk? That's exactly why I went to Kitty Hawk. So you know about more than I do because I've never been there. Oh, you haven't? I haven't been to that museum, no. It was a lovely museum. It wasn't actually that big, but they've got a nice big recreation of what well, the Flyer One or whatever mm-hmm. whatever the original plane was called. It was fun. I This was like eight years ago. Yeah, so <laughs> that's fine. Clearly I don't have that many details, but you know, if you're in the area, stop yeah. by and see, a, see an old plane. Why not? See some dunes. Yeah. There's some cool dunes. There's uh, Jockey's Ridge, which is the one I know. I didn't know they had names. Some of them do, some of them don't. Jockey's Ridge is the biggest one. And it's moving. Okay. So, like, at one point, it covered an entire, like, mini golf course. Okay. That was down there, and now it's starting to move away. So, parts of the golf course are, like, coming back to light. So, you can see, like, mm-hmm. what's left of the old, like, castle. I imagine the owner of the golf course is thrilled. He's I'm getting sh- his course back. He's probably dead. Yeah. Does he haunt the golf course? Or is this how we're going to lift this back in? I don't know. Hmm? I don't know about hauntings in Jackie's Ridge. Other thing I wanted to mention about the Outer Banks that I find really cool mm-hmm. is that they have all of these wild Spanish Mustangs mm-hmm. that like run around the island of Kerala. Oh, yeah? I don't know if Kerala is the island. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't call it the island of Kerala. But in the area of Kerala, okay. there are all these like wild horses. Interesting. No one's really sure where they came from. Mm. They're wild in the sense that they're free roaming, but they come from a domesticated breed. So they don't, they so tend some, to be pretty docile. Some colonist, col- you know, something happened where they yeah, just. Yeah, th- that's exactly like, they assume that they were brought by colonists like right. years ago, but there's no, none of those theories have been like verified. Gotcha. So anyway, that's my that's my brief summary of the Otter Banks. Thank you. You're welcome. I feel like I've been there now. I painted a picture. It was lovely. <laughs> Gave you a little bit of personal history and all that. Thank you. Yeah. So what are we drinking? We are drinking the Rum Runner. I love that you picked this drink. I'm glad. I know you like what you call a boat drink. Yes. So Should I talk about boat drinks really quick? I think they're going to come up. Okay. I feel like they're going to come up. Oh, my family, we're really big Jimmy Buffett fans. Like, I mean, obviously we went to the Outer Banks every summer. We're like beach people. Mm -hmm. And we, I don't know, family get togethers and like when we're at the beach, we would concoct what Mm -hmm. we called boat drinks, which is simply a drink that feels beachy. Sure. There's no standard definition. Mm. I think usually what my uncle makes is like cranberry juice, pineapple juice, coconut rum, and like a little bit of grenadine. I mean, that sounds lovely. And it's delightful. Sure. And you can drink a lot of it and not feel like you've had a lot because right. it doesn't taste like alcohol Until at you all. fall over. <laughs> Until you like are as drunk. Until you're still stumbling on home, right. you know? A little Jimmy gotcha, Buffett gotcha. there for you. It's not a margarita. It's not. Margaritas are their own thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm... But I feel like a boat drink has to have rum. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Rum or vodka, maybe. Mm, we're not vodka people. No? Okay. Okay. Well, hey. It's rum. You Everyone's good, you know. Yeah. Every boat's got a different drink. It's This fine. is true. Yeah. You drink what you want on your boat. Yeah. I'll your drink... boat sails on rum. 
My, it does. Yeah. It's <laughs> a beautiful sentence. It's a beautiful phrase. We'll get that on a t-shirt. So yeah. what's in the Rum Runner? Why'd okay. you pick it? I picked it because, well, the name kind of just evoked sort of the idea of smuggling and sneaking rum. Yeah. And, you know, the idea of pirates. Because when I think of the other ba- banks, I do think of like pirates and mm-hmm. Blackbeard and all that sort of thing. So that's well, why. we'll I, get there. Uh, I'm excited for it. <laughs> so that's why I picked the Rum Runner because that name just evoked so much for me. Yeah. And... I thought it was, I thought we should have an appropriately beachy drink. It's very beachy. Mm-hmm. There's fruit on it, mm-hmm. which is just. I tried for once to do a decent presentation. Beachy so, AF, yeah. Yeah, I'm not normally <laughs> one for the garnishes, but I love it. Once though. in a while, it's like gotta, very colorful. You have some fun with it. But anyway, the rum runner was said to be invented in the 1950s at the Holiday Isle Tiki Bar in, and I do not know if I'm going to pronounce this correctly, Isla Morada. Florida. You said it better than I would have. It's in... Well, thank you. It's somewhere in Key West. I don't know specific... I've not been to the Keys, but... I haven't either. I don't know if it's still there or not. Oh, we should look into it. We should. Road trip? Let's do it. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. Really (laughs) intensive research we do here on this show. (laughs) But the rumor was, or at least the kind of apocrypha apocrypha, behind the story, was that the bar had an excess of rum and other liqueurs that they had to clear out. As they're getting new inventory. Right. I don't know why they couldn't have canceled the order. But, sure. But no, they decided to throw a whole bunch of stuff in a tiki cup or a tiki mug and just go with it. Now, there are lots of variants that I found. I found mm-hmm. one on FloridaKeys.com that have like six different kinds of liqueurs, which I guess matches up with the story. Yeah. But my, the version that I've made tonight is a lot simpler. I'm not a big fan of overly sweet, kind of sickly drinks, so... Maybe I'm not going to be a very good boat drink person. But. No, I mean, I, I think the idea of a boat drink is just to have, like, some fruit, ju- some fruit, juice, some fruit juice and some <laughs> rum and just, like, have a partay. Well, we've accomplished that. Mm-hmm. So this one, you're going to need one of those. You're going to need a cocktail shaker for this drink. I don't think we've had one yet where you actually need a cocktail shaker. No, this is the most involved, I think, that we've had. Yes. But still, hopefully, relatively cheap. I'm not going to try and give you super expensive or super hard to find recipes. Um, You'll need a couple slices of lime, some light rum, medium rum, pineapple juice, lime juice, simple syrup, an egg white, bitters, and then fruit for garnish if you like. So what you're going to do, you're going to take one of the lime slices, drop it in the bottom of a glass, and then muddle it either with, if you have like, an actual muddler, they're not they're not hard to find. Or you can just use like a big heavy spoon or something and just smush the lime some. An ounce of the light rum and the medium rum, two ounces of pineapple juice, half ounce of the lime juice, an ounce of simple syrup. The egg white, I can understand if you feel uncomfortable putting raw egg into a drink. They do sell pasteurized egg white if you want to find that in your grocery store. They're like in little cartons. Or just Honestly, the hives of salmonella are A, super, super tiny, and B, there's enough alcohol in this where you're probably going to kill any roaming bacteria in here anyway. Um, so just go ahead and add, add the egg white. You're going to be fine. Dash of bitters. Don't really know if it matters if you use what, what style of bitters. I used Peychaud's because Peychaud's, it's slightly orangey. And it was also what I had. <laughs> <laughs> also, don't add us if you do get sick. Yes, <laughs> like... yes, yes. Yeah, you're not liable <laughs> if you're the one in 15,000 that gets salmonella. We're not accepting any, any lawsuits. <laughs> so basically, put all of that in a, gla- in a glass or in a cocktail shaker. Shake the hell out of it for 15, 20 seconds. And you're going to get this lovely sort of grapefruity colored yeah it's really pretty very slightly foamy that's what the egg white does it makes it gives you a little bit of head almost like on a beer and makes the whole thing just really come together quite well pour in a tall glass with some ice add some fruits sit in a dock you know on one of those reclining chairs yeah deck chair that's the word an adirondack an adirondack there you go put on jimmy buffett definitely put on jimmy buffett that's a requirement but like also this podcast Right, you could also listen to the podcast, like, yes. and maybe have like Jimmy Buffett playing real low. Maybe, like, you're having yeah. a night out with friends. Right, absolutely. Swear your friends. Yeah, invite your friends over and make a big batch of this. Maybe. Yeah. Ooh, like a punch. Yes, I could definitely see that. It would work well as a punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
This is definitely a drink to like drink on a beach. Yes. And we'll post the full recipe and pictures so you can see the finished product on all of our yeah. social bits. So, all the social media. Thank you. Couldn't remember the word media. They're they're deceptively strong. You wouldn't think they are. But yeah, like they will sneak up on you. I'm feeling it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm feeling the drink. I'm mm-hmm. also feeling like a little bit like whoo. Mm-hmm. That's that's my mm-hmm. word for sound for drunk. Why not? All right. Mm-hmm. So, so now that we're like with our drink, appropriately feeling relaxed. Mm-hmm. It's October outside this room. Yes. It's a little chilly. It is. It's getting there finally. But cast your mind to the islands. Picture some beaches, the Atlantic Ocean. And I'm going to take you on a little journey. Please. I decided this week to do something a little different. What are you doing this week? So, usually I am like full force with my ghost stories my attempt to like persuade you that ghosts are real right and this week i decided not to do that okay what are we doing this week so i'm doing more legends okay this week sort of legends of the outer banks okay there's like little paranormal bits here and there but i don't think they're meant to be believed okay um just i i there's something to me that's kind of mystical and magical about the Outer Banks. I will have to go proper one of these days. Yeah, we'll have to go. Mm-hmm. And there's something kind of cool about it and something kind of mystical and something kind of otherworldly mm-hmm. where you just don't, feel, like, you almost feel like you're not in your time. Okay. And so I wanted to sort of create that atmosphere. So I'm going to mm-hmm. talk about Blackbeard the Pirate. Please do. And I'm going to talk about the Lost Colony. Okay. But I'm going to start with Blackbeard. Mm-hmm. And uh, the story focuses primarily on his death. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know how he died. So this is Oh, this, this is, is cool. So yeah. you don't know. Okay, yeah, awesome. I would like to learn. So Blackbeard, as we know him, is Edward Teach. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. He's a well-known pirate throughout the Caribbean and the American colonies. Um, It's said he was born in Bristol, England in 1680. There's some fuzziness there, as I think is true with, like, all people born at that time. Records weren't great. Fair. But he left England in the early 18th century and headed to to Jamaica on a ship of privateers. Sure. Which, privateers were kind of like pirates, in that they Mm -hmm. were, like, doing the work of pirates. Okay. But they had, like, free reign from the government. So like mercenaries almost. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The crown was like, hey, y'all like to go plunder ships. Right. We'd love you to do that on our enemy ships. Gotcha. Here's a privateer license. I like that. Freelance pirates. Yeah. Yeah. It was basically only during times of war. Right. So once the war was over, their privateer licenses were revoked and they had to go be like upright sailors. Which I'm sure they... I'm sure they Which did Which I'm that. sure they did. Yeah. No. Yeah. They were like, we like this plundering this bit. This pillaging bit here. So, at least for Teach, after his privateer license was revoked, he joined forces with the Captain Benjamin Hornigold. Hornigold is a fantastic it's name. really good name. You don't see a lot of Hornigolds no. nowadays. No. And Hornigold was like, come on, Teach. I'm going to take you under my wing. I'll be your mentor. I'll show you the the pirate way of life. Sure. We could have done this on Talk Like a Pirate Day last week. We could have. Oh, that would have been extraordinary. That would have been really good. (laughs) That alliance lasted for about two years. Okay. And I don't think it ended badly or anything. They just Mm -hmm. went their own ways. Sure. In that time, he did a lot of plundering, a lot of like capturing things. As you do. He actually captured a French slave ship. Freed all the slaves from it. Oh, nice. And, like, took it as his own ship. Okay. Refitted it with, like, 40 guns and called it Queen Anne's Revenge. Which I think is the ship people typically right. associate him with. Right. I'm trying to remember if Queen Anne, who Queen Anne was at that point. And I don't remember. He was fighting for Queen Anne initially when he, like, first started as a privateer. I don't okay. know if she was still around. I don't know. So Teach was like, I'm going to take Queen Anne's Revenge. Yes. He sort of his p- 
pirate philosophy was based more on fear than anything. Okay. He was a really tall, like, imposing man. He grew, obviously, a Mm. long... Black beard. Yes. Very well done. I'm paying Um, attention. (laughs) And actually, he would, like, tie ribbons into his beard. And he would also, like, during, like, shows of... I said battle in my notes, but, like... You know what I mean. Like, when he was, like, plundering a ship. Right. He would, like, light bits of his beard on fire so they would be smoking. That seems aggressive. It was to, like, freak people out. And people were really scared of him. Um, If I saw that, I would run. I would be very scared. But a lot of historians say that, like, all that bravado was just that. That actually there's no historical evidence that Blackbeard ever tortured or murdered anyone. I almost like that more. Yeah. Like, he didn't have to. Like, he was so imposing and feared that he didn't have to. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. And here's, an, here's like, evidence of that. So, in, 17, in March of 1718, Blackbeard went to the colonies. Um, he encountered a couple of other pirate ships on the way, and they joined forces with him. So, by the time he got to Charleston, South Carolina, he had almost 400 men under his command. Okay. And so he did something really bold. <laughs> he blockaded the town of Charleston. Jeez. For about a week. Wow. And his, his only demand in that time was a chest of medicine. Huh. You'd think he would have taken that opportunity and just kind of cleaned out the city. I, I think he took some things. But right. his only demand right. to like... He had, he had taken a couple of like like um sort of premier people what's the word i'm looking for like, like nobles i guess or yeah kind of like, highfalutin yeah like yeah. highfalutin high society people yeah, he took yeah. a couple of them captive sure but once he got what he wanted he let him go and the whole incident ended without a single shot ever being fired it it almost feels like there's, there's a touch of robin hood of sort of you know take from the rich I, you know I don't know if he necessarily gave it away, but the idea that he didn't have to kill or do anything tremendously evil. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And like like I said, like one of the things he did was like he took a slave ship and right. freed the slaves. Right. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not I'm not trying to romanticize pirates. There were some like bad guys out mm-hmm. there. But Blackbeard, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't seem like the worst. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Unfortunately, after Charleston, he sailed to Beaufort Inlet, mm. um, which I don't really know where that is. I don't know where that is either. I don't know if it's North Carolina or South Carolina. It's mm. in the Carolinas. Okay. But he crashed. Um, I don't know if he crashed it, but Queen the, the ship Queen Anne's Revenge like ran aground and oh, sank. A, ooh. But... Unfazed, mm-hmm. um, in mid-June, he and his crew sailed to Bath, North Carolina, where mm-hmm. they received a royal pardon for piracy. He bought a house, and he married his 14th wife. How? Okay, was this 14th at, like, at a time, or was it 14 in succession? In succession, I Good believe. Good grief. Calm down, sir. Yeah. Calm down, Blackbeard. That's a lot. It's a lot of ladies. Yeah. Uh, the, Did the smoking the, beard like scare men away and attract women? I don't think it would attract me. I'd be uh, like, "Hey, bud." Right. I whispered. I don't know if uh, they got that. I'd be like, "Hey, bud, listen. I don't know if you know this, but like, yeah. your beard is on right. fire. Right. I am concerned for you." But apparently, in seventeen eighteen, the next that sentence, was the next sentence would have been, "Will you marry me?" Yeah, and then <laughs> so, everyone was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I will." Yeah. So he married Mary Ormond. There's not much about her. Well, I mean, when you're 14th on the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she was his last wife. Oh, because, was she? unfortunately, mm. some shit was about to go down. Ah. So, oh, dear. So domestic life wasn't for teach. Um, so he and his crew left Bath. And they were like, just one more. One more act of piracy. One more job before we retire. Yeah. I see where this it's is like going. the uh, <laughs> Ocean's 8 of like, right. Ocean's 11. Mm-hmm. There are now a lot of Ocean's movies. Well. But Ocean's 11. This the is like joke the about, last yeah, job. Saying, there is a sentence so. to the ocean. Oh. Yeah. There you go. I didn't yeah. even think about that yeah. until I said, okay, cool. 
Um, too many rum runners. Too, too many rum runners. So here's the thing. So he did this last little bit of piracy. Now, Governor Spotswood of Virginia was like, no, I've had enough of this nonsense. And he ordered his men to capture Blackbeard dead or alive. And he actually went against colonial law and sent his own troops into North Carolina. Which is a big no-no. Yeah. So he sent his troops by land mm-hmm. into Bath. And he sent his navy, commanded mm-hmm. by Lieutenant Maynard, out to sea to capture Blackbeard. Now, Blackbeard and his men had set up their sort of like hideaway or right. whatever on Ocracoke Island in the ah. Outer Banks. The one with the lighthouse. The one, it, there is a lighthouse now. Yes. There wasn't a lighthouse then. Mm-hmm. It's one of the islands that is the hardest to reach in the Outer Banks. Okay. You really can't, they have ferries that run daily to take you mm. into the island. Gotcha. But like, I remember, I, I worked for a news station and like right after Dorian, mm. Ocracoke was so flooded and no one could get in or out that they were sending like helicopters to airlift people oh out. Oh Oh no. So it's it's tricky. All that to say is it's tricky to get in and out of. Sure. So hmm. the area that actually Teach was like set up in is called Teach's Hole, which I just can't say without laughing. Fair. Fair. So I'm not going to call it that ever again. I don't know. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> Teach's Hole. Teach's Hole. So on November 22nd, 1718, Maynard and Teach had their, like, last bloody battle. Okay. And in the end, Blackbeard was killed. Ooh. Before they threw his body overboard, it said that he had 20 sword wounds and five bullet wounds. That's you look overkill. It's a lot. And they cut his head off. Oh, well, that'll do it. Yeah. So Maynard was like, here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going to cut this guy's head off, throw his body in the ocean, and he tied Blackbeard's head to the bow of his ship so that when he sailed back into Virginia and sailed up the James, everyone knew he had killed Blackbeard. Good grief. It's kind of metal. It's I mean, kind of metal. I mean, like in a disturbing way. Yeah. Like, good grief. Poor Mrs. Ormond. Yeah. 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 She was like only married for like a couple of months. Right. <laughs> before. She's up front like watering the flowers and she just sees a ship with her husband's head on the front. She, oh, go by. She's like, I shouldn't have married a pirate. No. This is what I get for being wife 14. Damn it. Yeah. Um, so now here's my like legend bit. Uh, okay. So I mean, obviously the legend of Blackbeard lives on. Um, there's a lot of like tourism stuff built up around it. Sure. But it's said that to this day, you can see a strange light from the waters around Ocracoke Island. Okay. And if you see that light, it won't be long before you see the headless body of Edward Teach Mm -hmm. holding a lantern, searching for his missing head. You better send him to Spotswood's house. And sometimes you even hear him say... Where is my head? And he's saying this with what mouth? His what mouth just on my head? his soul and his spirit. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. so that's that's the death of Blackbeard and how it ties into the Outer Banks. Interesting. I can see how. I mean, I, obviously, I can see how that would be like sort of a big, a big tourist attraction or yeah. a big sort of. Hey, you really want to come here? We've got this Blackbeard shit going on. Yeah, it's amazing. A lot of pirate shit. Yeah. in the in the Outer Banks. But Edward Teach is like the big Blackbeard. Sure. Like, sure. To me, he's like the most famous pirate. Yeah, he's the pirate. I can't think of another one that would be that would be more famous. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. Not more famous than Blackbeard. Right. I mean, like, there's Calico Jack, who I've heard yeah. of, and then there were a couple of lady pirates who are pretty cool, and there are pirates from other countries. Like, sure. This is kind of the golden age of piracy. Right. And in fact, the death of Blackbeard is often considered the end of the golden age of piracy. Really? Yeah. Interesting. But he wasn't active for very long. No. He was what? 38, 40 years old? Yeah. I mean, but but even more than that, like, he was only sailing around for like four years. Right. It's not a very long golden age. No. Hmm. 
and maybe golden age is too strong yeah well i mean there were other pirates and stuff around sure but like his his reign really what like mm. wasn't that long and but in that time he managed to like like he sacked like 40 ships or something in that time which right. if you think about how slow travel is like that's pretty good it is it is not that i condone like being a pirate right right <laughs> but welcome to the blackbeard podcast <laughs> I think it's really cool, and I I like the kind of spooky end of, like, a headless body coming up out of the water with a lantern in its hand, searching for its missing head. Right. And I sort of like the mythos of, sort of, he had to do all this, and probably didn't actually kill that many people, or kill anyone, really, or have to actually be that aggressive about it. Yeah. He was just scary. Right. People were just like, oh, don't fuck with that guy. His beard's on fire. Right. (laughs) What a simple gimmick. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I love it. And it, it worked. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Until he got shot up and all that. Until so he got shot up and yeah. sorted. Mm-hmm. And I turned sort into a verb. It's just okay. Then. We'll let it go. <laughs> so I think the next story I have is pretty well known. Okay. But it's like... I think so embedded in the culture of the Outer Banks that, like, I could not talk about it. Okay, go on. And this is the Lost Colony of Roanoke. Gotcha. Have you heard about the Lost Colony? Yes. Okay. Although, shamefully, I always assumed it was in Virginia because there is, of course, the city of Roanoke in Virginia. I I mean, I didn't think it was over in that city. Yeah. I just assumed it was associated with Virginia and not the Outer Banks. You were incorrect, sir. I was. So I'm going to give you a little... This is a lot of history. Okay. I'm going to put that out there that there is some spooky stuff at the end. But okay. it, this is primarily history. Okay. But it's spooky-ooky anyway. I'll take spooky-ooky. Okay. So before Jamestown, mm-hmm. 1607. Right. There's Roanoke. Yes. 1585? Se- well, kind of. Okay. So Sir Walter Ra- Raleigh, who... Mm. I think everyone's heard of Sir Walter Raleigh. Correct. And obviously Raleigh is like pretty important to like how there's a whole city in North Carolina. Yes. Named after him. We can call him significant. He's pretty significant. He really wanted to create the first permanent English settlement in the New World. Okay. But he looked a little further south than Jamestown. He Mm -hmm. looked to Roanoke Island. Which okay. is part of the Outer Banks. Right. Was it mapped at the time? Do you know? I don't know how it all works. Okay. Honestly. Okay. Um, he sent a couple of expeditions out there. Gotcha. There were two attempts before the Roanoke colony that I'm going to talk about. Okay. Both attempts failed spectacularly. Oh. Mostly due to a lack of resources, a lack of knowledge about the area. Sure. And attacks from local tribes. Gotcha. I want to put out here first and foremost that like if you were living on the island at the time Mm -hmm. and you just see these ships come in and these like dudes come with all their shit right and they're just like planting down you're gonna be like I'm sorry what right what right who are you people that look nothing like anything you've seen before right with weapons you've never seen before I can't blame them for that of course not I'm not like none none of this story is like the native americans suck like not, that's not what no. i'm going for at all like i'm going to talk about attacks on lo- on these colonists that like were inevitable sure okay sure i just want to get that out of the way yeah the disclaimer <laughs> um so the third attempt set sail in may of 1587 and there are about 120 settlers on board including women and children gotcha the leader of this expedition was john white um he was an explorer an artist he'd been part of the earlier expeditions and he actually created one of the most accurate maps of the outer banks oh okay he was a cartographer and just like people today still say it's one of the most accurate maps of that area well done so well done john white yes so some of this i got from like encyclopedia of virginia okay um some of it i got from 
watching BuzzFeed Unsolved. There you go. <laughs> so thank you, Shane and Ryan. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, John also on, on the boat had his daughter, Eleanor, Dare, and her husband. They'll come up later. Sure. The original plan was for them to not stop at Roanoke Island because the other ones had turned out so badly. They were actually going to go further north and stop along the Chesapeake Bay. Where troops, where troops, where tribes were known right. to be nicer, like a little friendlier sure. to people. But John White wasn't using his own boat. He was paying a private captain okay. to transport these people. And for whatever reason, whether it was an argument, whether it was a lack of resources, whether the captain was like, nah, I got other things to do, places to go. Spain's down this way and they've right. got some gold. Uh, I'd like to go. They stopped on Roanoke Island. Aye. Now, within the first month of their arrival, several of the colonists were killed in an attack from Native Americans. Oh, dear. Yeah. Not a great start. Not a great start. To give you kind of an idea, there were a couple of different tribes in the area, mostly the Roanokes and the Croatoans. Yes. Here's the thing. This is all from, like, white people point of view. So those are the tri- Those are the names given to the tribes. Right. I'm not sure if that is the names that they chose to go by. Right. But it's what we've got. But it's what we've got. Within their party, the colonists had a guy named Maniel, mm-hmm. um, who was part of the Croatoan tribe, which was considered to be generally friendly towards the settlers. Sure. They lived on Croatoan Island, which was a little further south and is actually now known as Hatteras. Island. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So Maniel had actually like traveled to England with the first group of settlers who tried to stop Roanoke Island. And he came back with them. And White was like, hey, dude. If you show us where to go, (laughs) I'll make you the chief of both the Roanokes and the Croatoans. Oh, for God's sake. Which, in my notes I wrote, which, like, come on, dude. John Wayne had no power or authority to do that. And how long did it take Manio to go, yeah, this is a terrible idea. So Manio got there and hung out with him for a while. And Mm -hmm. then he was like, oh, I have no control over these, over the Roanoke Oh, it took him long enough. So he headed back to Croton Island, which okay. is not known as Hatteras, like I said. And he was like, I'm going to stay with my people. Okay. Something kind of cool did happen while they were there. Eleanor Dare, do you remember me telling you about her? I do. She gave birth to the very first child to be born in the New World to English parents, who went by the name of Virginia Dare. I'm wondering if that's why I always assumed it was like a Virginia colony. Just by Maybe. that name and the sort of... And she's kind of... Like, I'll get to that later, but, like, yeah. the legend of Virginia Dare lives on. Oh, sure. And, in fact, a large part of the um, Outer Banks is part of what's known as Dare County. Oh. So, the Dare name, like, lives on. Okay. So, after Virginia Dare was born, actually nine days after Virginia Dare was born, the colonists were like, yo, John. Mm-hmm. We can't really sustain this colony right now. Like, sure. we don't have enough food. We can't fend off these attacks from the Native Americans. We need more people. We need more supplies. You go on back to England and get it for us, and we'll stay here. Man the fort, as it were. Okay. And John Mm. Wayne was like, uh, guys, I don't really know if I should do that. We should send somebody else. Right. Like, I got to stay here. My granddaughter was just born. Sure. I got some reasons to stay. The settlers were like, we voted. And you've been voted off the island. Oh, so, okay. Democracy in action. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The first American democracy. Right. I have some thoughts on this. Okay, go on. Which is that the colonists were dumb. Fair. Because John White had been there before. Right. So he knew the area. He knew the land. He he drew the best map that had ever been right. drawn of the area. So like, right? You send away your one expert. Yeah, he also was the only person who had any kind of relationship with both tribes, the Crotoans right. and the Roanokes. Right. And they were like, "It's cool. We got this. We got this. We're fine." Yeah. So they sent him away. Okay. White went back to England, but his timing like wasn't so great because mm-hmm. England was like about to go to war with Spain. 
Oh, the joys of the Spanish Armada. I remember this. Right. Span- Spain has a really huge armada. Yes. Which is like black in the sea and shit. Yes, yes. So White didn't actually get back to the Roanoke colony until three years later. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Three whole years. Yeah, that didn't, that, that can't have ended well. So he returned in 1590, and he got back and found that the settlers just vanished. No trace. Oh, joy. The only cute clue that they could find mm. was the word Croatoan mm. carved, and it's not clear if it was carved into a tree or carved into a post, some kind of wooden object. The word right. Croatoan was carved. There was another carving, too, of O. C R or O C A, which would like assume that it was maybe Ocracoke. Had that been named Ocracoke by then? There was a tribe there. Okay. Okay. Called the so that was like the name of the people living there. Understood. Okay. So thinking that the colonists might have gone to live with the Croatoans in Hatteras, White tried to make two he tried twice to get to Hatteras, but both times he was thwarted by like massive storms like Ah. hurricane type storms okay and he couldn't get there couldn't find anyone didn't i don't know how far inland he went right he looked for a little while but no one could ever find them oh dear so a whole group of people just disappear without a trace no idea what happened to them right and like there was no evidence when he got there of like any kind of battle there were no bodies, no bones. So they had up and moved. He just didn't know. It, it, it appeared that way. Right. So there are several um, theories that I will get into. Okay. About what happened to them. The most likely is that they were like killed in a native in a, an attack from Native Americans. Sure. But, but all, like, like carried away in that scenario, or right. So that's the thing. Is like mm. there's really there's no evidence of bodies or bones and no evidence of like a mass grave right that like all these people were killed right so the other theory is that they were able to move south and assimilate with the croatoan people mm-hmm. or they were able to move inland right. and assimilate with the tribes that lived there okay there ha- has been evidence of english artifacts found in both places from that time area so like pottery weapons and aglets which are like um things used to like secure fabric and fiber yeah yeah yeah, shoes typically yeah 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 yeah. exactly yeah um so these were ones that date to that time period of like 1587 sure but we don't know if that was just people having (sighs) commandeered supplies or yeah sure and or or even just like there were other artists like English artifacts around it from later right. periods. Sure. Now some accounts from different um, people at that time did mention finding natives who had blonde hair and blue eyes. Sure. Who knows? Who knows mm-hmm. at that point? Like there's really no way to tell. Right. And it could have been a combination of things. It could have been that a majority of people mm-hmm. were killed on Roanoke. And, but remember, they had women and children. Took them away. So it could have been their custom to, like, mm-hmm. protect the women and children and take them into their care. Right. It's not very clear. Now, this is where, like, are skeptical. And I'm skeptical of this, too. Like, okay. I think that there are, like, logical answers as to why this happened. Like, mm-hmm. people moved. People assimilated into native culture, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. There are some theories of this being like a mass alien abduction. Oh, for God's sake. (laughs) Wait, that's not even the worst. Mm -hmm. Um, The other theory is that because it's an island, Mm -hmm. it's the first case of a zombie plague. Oh, God. Get the hell out of here. I know. No, no, no. I don't don't believe Uh, any of that, but I just wanted to put it out there. This is a paranormal podcast. This is someone who watched Walking Dead and thought, what if? Yeah, basically. Yeah. There's a really... I don't know if you've ever watched the show Supernatural. I know of it. There's, like, a whole episode about the Croatoan virus that, like, yeah. I don't know how to communicate an enormous eye roll other than <laughs> communicating. I mean, granted, that's, like, a, a fantasy TV show, so... Sure. <laughs> but still, just... <laughs> 
the fact that they like went to this For time. For all we know, they starved to death because of. Absolutely, there. Yeah. Like, um, I think one Harvard archaeologist did find evidence of cannibalism on the island, sure. but like, yeah. I mean, Jamestown had cannibalism too. Absolutely. So. If you don't know the land, yeah. And you're, I was talking to my parents about this recently. Okay. Is that a lot of these people were not like rough and tumble people no. who should have been going on these kinds of expeditions. Right. It was like dance, fancy pants, Nancy boys right. who had never hunted, fished, farmed a day in their right. lives, mm-hmm. had never probably held a shovel in their hands. Right. Expected things to be like. Kind of ready to go. Sure. I mean, and from the sense of things, they may have been sold that idea. Sure, absolutely. But then they get there and they're like, oh, this is not what I expected. Yeah. And with... It's not like you just pop a return flight. You're kind of stuck. Sure, you're stuck. And if, like, there's drought or, you know, like, Mm. not a great crop and, like, the Mm. Native Americans are not super friendly towards you. Right. What do you do when your friend Hal died? Like, right. It's like the old Looney Tunes cartoons where you just your friend starts to look like a chicken. Yeah. Yeah. You just eventually got to dig in. You got to dig in. Yeah. I don't condone cannibalism, guys. Like, that's what we just said. <laughs> right. It, we don't condone it. I really like The Lost Colony. I, it's one of the greatest mysteries in American history. Yes. It captivated a lot of people. It captivated people at the time. There is record that people from Jamestown tried to search for the lost colonists when they arrived and they weren't able to find anything. Um, I think the, the, the story that lives on the most, as I said, is Virginia Dare. Sure. And it's not known really what happened to her. And she's this kind of, enigmatic figure of like the first english born child right. in the new world so here's a myth here's oh. a legend okay for you of what happened to virginia dare okay so the story goes along with manio there was another guide that um was helping the english settlers his okay. name his name, so I don't know if I'm going to say this right. And I want to put this out there that, like, Manio, I know how to say because right. there's a town in North Carolina, which I'll get to. Mm. But, like, his name is Juan Chase, Juan Cheese, Juan Chase. Right. Juan Cheese, like, I don't know. W-A-N-C-H-E-S-E. Yes. Pronounce it as you will. Um, and he, he conspired with several local tribes to mm. launch an attack. On the colonists after John White left for England. Mm-hmm. But Manio, good old Manio, right. heard what was going on and was like, okay, mm-hmm. y'all come with me. I'll take you back to my people. Sure. Keep you safe. Okay. And while some of the colonists were killed, it said that Eleanor Dare had the foresight to carve Croatoan into a of tree. Course it was Eleanor. It was Eleanor. And with, with, and, and this is one of the images that I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. And it was said that her husband was dead at her feet. Of Virginia Dare was clutched in her arms. Right. And she's carving Croatoan on a tree. And she's chiseling away. Whatever. Arrows flying all yeah. around her. Yeah. So then Manio mm-hmm. takes all of them to Croatoan Island. Mm-hmm. And he helped raise Virginia Dare and teach her the ways of life. Okay. When she grew up. Men from across the tribe wanted to marry her. This sure. beautiful woman. Right. You can imagine. Mm-hmm. But she chose Okisko. Okay. Now, there was also a jealous man by the name of Chico who had wanted to win her hand. And when he didn't, he decided mm-hmm. that no one else could have Virginia Dare. Oh, God. And he turned her into a white doe. Oh, boy. Yeah. And how was that going to help him out? Well, if he couldn't have her, no one then could. Right. So, immediately hunters start trying to get this white doe. Right. They see running through the... Kill, kill, kill. Yeah. Yeah. And even 
one cheese, one cheese. I don't know. I say it like one cheese sounds like very Italian. Like it I'm like one cheese. Yeah, like I don't probably not so much. That's where my brain wants to call it, right. but I don't know what what it is. Um. Anyway, so one day, Okisko and W, as I'll call him. We're both out searching for the deer. Now, Akisko knew that it was Virginia Dare. Right. The love of his life. Well, he done it. W was like, I just want to kill this doe. Like, oh. I want the pelt and I want to take it back and like have it as a trophy or whatever. Right, right, right. So he took a silver arrow that was given to him by Queen Elizabeth. Given to him personally. W, yeah, because he had been to England. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's a real person. Right, right. I believe that. Yeah. I just... Okisko, I don't know about. Right. This guy's real. Okay. So he saw the white doe, and he shot the arrow, oh. and it struck Virginia Dare in the heart. And immediately upon getting struck, mm-hmm. she turned back into Virginia Dare, mm-hmm. and W was like, oh my God. Right. I didn't mean to kill her. I had her. no idea. Oopsie poopsie. Right. And runs away. And Okisko is like, oh, snap, that's like the woman, that's my wife. That's like the woman of my dreams. He goes and he like Mm. collects her, takes her back to their people. Right. And it said that the white doe could still be seen today running through the woods. Mm. And in the place where Virginia Dare was killed, a grapevine grew, which was the first grapes. To create wine in the new so world. So what winery thought this up and put them on the bottle? <laughs> so Come on. they created Virginia Wine Dare. Yeah. Or Virginia Dare Wine, excuse of me. Of course they did. And this was the first wine that was ever sold in the colonies. Uh-huh. And this story was used to sell alcohol in the 1900s. Wow. But it's so ingrained that like... I did a book report in mm. second grade on like a historical figure and I chose Virginia Dare. Sure. And this was like basically the story that I read. Sure. And we had to like create like a doll or something to like, uh, like a figure of the person that we sure. were doing. So I chose Virginia Dare and I like gave her a little like Native American outfit. And then like I clearly recall putting grapes in her hand. Sure. This is like the story that has persisted. Goodness. And Some like, marketing guy 150 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And like she was printed on the labels. Jeez. Like they used the story to right. sell alcohol. And W was like a real guy. I'm sure. so sorry. This is not disrespectful. I just don't want to say his name incorrectly. Right. right. Um, and as much as I'm dunking on this wine, if the manufacturer is still around... We'd like to try some. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never tried wine from there. Please contact us yeah. and send us a case. But this story is like all kinds of white people nonsense. Sure. <laughs> like the pure white dough mm-hmm. of Virginia Dare. Right. The like war hungry Native Americans cutting her down. This mm-hmm. pure blah, 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 blah. Right, right. It does read a lot like every sort of old fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. But I think what really counts in the end is that like there's so much history tied to this legend mm-hmm. and so much of it still lives on. I was saying Manio was a real person and now there's a town yes. in Virginia Beach. I No, I'm sorry. In the Outer Banks. Different beach. Different beach. Um, named after him. And it's actually like one of my favorite places in the Outer Banks. Okay. Um, it was home to Andy Griffith. Nice. And it's also where the play The Lost Colony is put on, which is the second longest running play in the United States. Is it? It is. What's the first? I don't know. I don't know. We should check that tell out sometime. Us. Someone tell us. Yeah, someone write in if you know. Yeah. We're fairly well researched, but we don't know everything. But Andy Griffith actually got his first acting job in The Lost Colony. Oh. He played, I think he played it, I think he might have played Manio. Oh. Yeah. Well, at least he started off as the hero. Yeah. Manio is the home to the White Doe Inn, oh. so even that annoying myth gets its time to shine. Right. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, but like I said, Manio is one of my favorite places in the Outer Banks. It's home to a museum mm. about the Roanoke 
colony in the history of Roanoke Island. Sure. It's also home to my favorite store ever. Okay. It's called the Christmas Shop. Now, mm-hmm. it is rooms and rooms and rooms full of Christmas decorations. Oh, boy. All different themes, all different price ranges. Sure. The upstairs is entirely Halloween decorations. Okay, that, and that I'd go to. amazing. And then there's like a back gallery attached. It's huge. It's sprawling. This okay. store is bigger than the town of Manio. Like, not really, right. but it's huge. Right. And you can find, like, art and jewelry and trinkets. Everything you want. Everything you want. There's a general store that has, like, mm-hmm. all kinds of these, like, old-fashioned candies. Like, an old-fashioned general sure. store. Sure, sure, sure. And like I said, like, the name Dare lives on through a lot of the Outer Banks history. Nice. So that's the last colony. That's all I've got for you. I mean, that was a lot. So don't don't <laughs> don't feel bad. Oh, that's all I've got. No, that was that was impressive. Thank it's you. really cool. It's mm-hmm. a really cool myth and like legend and story and like mm-hmm. the, it'll never be solved. Like no, we'll never know. Right. If you work for the Outer Banks Tourist Association or any sort of I don't know tourist reorganization there, we'd love to hear from you. Can we have a house? I'd love one. <laughs> yes. I'd love one. This podcast is going to be a lot of us asking for things. Yeah. So. Because there's a lot of things that we want and need. There is. There are. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to add? Anything that you know about the either of the two I stories honestly, I told? I honestly knew very little about the Outer Banks before this week's episode. So... I'm happy that you've educated me. Now you know it all. <laughs> now I know, yes, so very much. So, thank yeah. you. You're mm-hmm. welcome. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. I I just think, I mean, like, we talked in the very first episode mm-hmm. about, like, stories having power. And mm-hmm. clearly, this yeah. story does have a lot of power. It does. It's still the Lost Colony and Blackbeard. Yeah. It certainly resonates today, even, you know, after 450 years or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 That's impressive. It's cool. We don't have a lot of things in this country that are genuinely very old. So it's neat when those come up once in a while to to learn about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like things that a lot of people know about. I mean, Blackbeard is famous everywhere. Yes. I think The Lost Colony Mm -hmm. is a story that people have at least heard about if they don't know everything. It feels like it it should be better known. Yeah. And it isn't. I mean, a whole group of people just poof, vanished. Right. Just crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, Mania probably just saved their lives. Or, or, I, maybe he did. Or he, or they, you know, they ate each other. Or they ate each other, or yeah. or some of them lived and some of them didn't. I mean, three. Mm-hmm. I think to me, when I was doing this research, it was like I thought White was gone for like a couple of months. Sure. Six months, maybe a right. year. Just thinking of like how long it takes to sail back and forth from England. Right. Really, just three years. Sure. If you're already running low on food, holy smokes! Yeah. Like, yeah. I almost wonder what he was thinking. Did he come back expecting to see anyone still there at all? Or I can't imagine. Three I don't know. Years later. I mean, that's I. I think too. Like you're reading, you're like, well, he didn't search for very long. Well, mm-hmm. it had been three years. Anything could have happened. Absolutely. Especially with like him being part of the earlier two expeditions and seeing people just like mm-hmm. killed right. you brutally. Children and his or his daughter and his granddaughter. You think? I mean, would... yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what's going on in his head? I don't know. It can't have gone well. No. 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 I think we should end on something brighter than that, though. We of, should. Like, How was the drink? Oh my god, mm-hmm. so good. I'm like trying to get the last few drops. <laughs> like, have to, I could just make you another. You could do that. I mean, I really enjoy the like, there is a creaminess to it. Right. I, I don't want to say it's like a creamy drink. That's right. not what I mean. Right. There's a smoothness to it sure. that it, that I think that egg white is so neat. It is interesting. You it, wouldn't think it would make that big of a difference. Yeah. And if you're shy about it, really, just try it once. Don't be. It's good. Yeah. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Just listen to us. We'll take you. We won't steer you in the wrong path. Exactly. Exactly. We won't, you know. We mostly mean well. 
most of the time. Yeah, except when we want stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, like, also, like, give us things. Yes, please. We want things. Yes, please. We'd love to try the Virginia Dare wine. Yeah. If it still exists. I'll make a cocktail. A good one. Yeah. I'll call it the white dough. <gasps> yes, well, then it would have to be white wine, wouldn't it? I'd lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that that's what I've got. All right. That's what I've got as well. That's All this right. week's episode. Intro and outro music for this show is New Wave by Billy Neptune. Please know that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast Restless. Give us a shout if you have ideas for the show or any drink requests or recommendations. You can always also email us at restlessspiritspodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week and keep an eye out on our social media for hints and clues about what locale we'll be investigating next and what drinks we'll be drinking. Um, Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and review. And as always, keep keep it it spooky. spooky.